0: Hi, friends, welcome to Horror Free Critique. I'm your host, Devin, and today's episode is very special as it is the first of many to come. So, naturally, I had to pick a horror movie that is very near and dear to my heart, and I just hope you guys enjoy. So, today's August 27th, yay, and I would have to say that. I think it's plenty close enough to the spooky season to go ahead and just feel that vibe. I mean, I'm tucked away in my studio right now, burning my fall-scented candle, wearing my cozy Halloween jammies, and sipping on some pumpkin spice. I know, don't come for me. So, the movie I picked today, (laughs) it has to be my all-time favorite, and there's a reason why. I kind of want you to guess what it is. It's a 90s... Mm, slasher slash mystery uh, horror movie. It is written by a Mr. Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven. Have you guessed it yet? Yeah, it's Scream. You're welcome. Now, you may be wondering, well, why is Scream your favorite? It's super cheesy and corny. Well, that's kind of why. Also, I really love how it pays a satirical homage to the classics. So yeah, just to go ahead and get those facts out of the way, you guys already heard. Written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven. It came out in the year 1996, and if you were wondering, the subgenre, as I said, it's a horror mystery slasher. You know the who done it. It stars Miss Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Miss Drew Barrymore, Rose McGowan, Ski Ulrich, and David Arquette. Um, I just want to go ahead and say there will be spoilers in this, but um, if you haven't seen Scream, you must be living under a rock. Sincerely. And without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, opening scene, we have the beautiful, the amazing Drew Barrymore. There she is, with her little blonde hair, big boobs, home alone. You can already guess where this is going. Now we have the phone ringing, and she answers it. Of course, hello, who's this? Typical. And he's all mysterious. Sounds super creepy. And if you want to know a freaky fact, yeah, that's what I'm gonna call these freaky facts. And then I'll get like some really cool music to put with that freaky facts. Da-da-da-da. Or maybe, like, freaky facts. And then it'll be like, ah! I don't know. I'll need one of you guys to help me with that. Anyways, so, a freaky fact about this. Uh, nobody on the set knew who was on the phone or where it was coming from. So there really was that mystery of, like, who the hell is on the phone? Because we don't know. And his voice is kind of creepy. So, anyways, you know, they're talking on the phone. He keeps trying to, like, um, pry and get, I guess, you know, some conversation going and she's just like not having it. He sounds creepy and she's like, all right, I'm done. Well, at this point it escalates to, um, I am around your house and I'm going to gut you like a fish if you hang up on me. (laughs) Men, right? And she's like, oh my God, I have a boyfriend and he's big and he plays football and he'll kick your ass. And he's like, his name wouldn't be Steve, would it? And she's like, oh my God, how do you know that? And he's just like, look outside. And you already know this isn't going to be good, right? So she looks outside and guess what? Steve is on her patio taped to a chair. Yep. And she's like, oh my God, I'm going to go out there. Killer's like, oh, you probably shouldn't. Oh, I shouldn't say killer. That definitely spoils it. I mean, this guy might've just been a, uh, just a random phone caller, right? (laughs) No. So killer's like, Ooh, don't go outside. And she's like, Oh my God. Okay. So she goes back inside and he's like, all right, we're going to play a game. Cause uh, why not? And he's like, all right, here's the name of the game. I'm going to ask you some trivia questions. you know, the more I like talk about this movie, the more I'm like, wow. Yeah, this really is pretty, uh, funny, goofy, cheesy. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to ask you some questions about horror movies and you got to guess them right. Or guess what? Yeah. Steve's done. So she's like, all right, I guess. Cause she really doesn't have a choice. And he, you know, he asked her his question. Um, who's, you know, in this movie, and what movie is this? And she's like, Friday the 13th, uh, Jason. Da, da da Anyways, she gets the wrong answer, and he's like, guess what, bitch? Steve's dead. Because um I made a promise, and I'm going to uphold to that. And, you know, we kind of want to respect the killer for that. You know, he said he was going to do something, and he did it. Mad props. And she's like, oh my god, no! And then she looks outside... She looks outside and guess what? Oh boy, Steve is gutted. Oh, he is gutted. And she's all crying. You know, Drew Barrymore, she's such a great actress. I love her so much. And I forgot to add, her name in the movie is Casey. So I should probably stop calling her Drew Barrymore. Casey. So Casey is, you know, heavily distraught, as she should be. And she starts to now kind of want to fight back. And she goes, you know, running around the house looking for a knife. She finds one. And that doesn't really matter because killer's in the house and he's looking for her. So there's this really stupid cat and mouse chase where she's inside and then she's outside. And then there's that awesome scene of, oh my God, where is he? Let me look in the window. Oh, he's right there. Whoosh, broken glass. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and um, hurt your hearts now. Casey doesn't make it. No, she doesn't. She's out running around outside. Killer's chasing her. He's got a knife. Um, Might I add that this woman still has the damn phone in her hand that he was, like, talking to her on? Like, let the phone go. Why are you still on the phone? Anyways, so she's running around, and she's got the phone in her hand, and he finally gets her, you know? And it sucks because she almost could have maybe made it. As she's running around her parents are driving up this driveway and this driveway is like gotta be a mile long because oh my god like it reminded me of some of like the um like where i'm from like i'm from like bumfuck egypt it's a no-name town you know everybody knows everybody and some of the driveways are like this just long driveways. so she gets this glimmer of hope ah my parents are home i'm gonna be okay well casey i need to break it to you but you're not you're not gonna be okay and she's not she gets stabbed boom stabbed she's down phone's still in her hand though very proud she did not drop that phone her parents come home and they're like oh my god the house is fucking destroyed like what's going on where's our daughter because the house is a fucking wreck And then, you know, they realize, ah, something is wrong. Something is very wrong. Let's call 911. Oh, wait, the phone is still, you know, online, on the line. And they, you know, they pick up the phone. And a lot of you guys, you know, that are younger generations probably don't know this, but, like, there used to be this thing called house phones. And, um, a house phone is called a landline. And yeah, your, your phones used to be connected to your, um, to your home and they pick it up and they hear her cause she's still on the line and they hear her literally gasping like, ah, 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 as she's being like stabbed and gasping for breath. <sighs> yeah. So cut to scene. She is hanging from a tree, gutted. Yes, gutted. So um in this uh movie, I, I wanna go ahead and take note of the you know movies mentioned in it. And that is a big part of why I love it, is because it like I said, it pays an homage to the classics. So we get a mention already in the beginning of like Halloween, you know, that's actually the movie she says is her favorite, (laughs) when the killer asks, uh, she says Halloween, and then he's like, oh, well, I like that one the guy with the, you know, knives for fingers, so we get Nightmare on Elm Street, and then later on during the trivia round, (laughs) fun time there, she gets asked a question on who is the original killer in Friday the 13th, which, by the way, she gets wrong, so I'm gonna help you guys get it right, just in case. You know, just in case this happens, you don't turn out like poor Casey. So, um, he asks her, who's the original killer Friday the 13th? And she's like, Jason, Jason. And <laughs> cause she thinks she knows something and he's like, eh, wrong. It's his mother. Spoiler. If you haven't seen Friday the 13th, but that's on you, pal. So yeah, we've got, uh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Halloween. <laughs> Moving on, we, um, our next cutscene is with our main character, our protagonist, Miss Sydney Prescott. Now she is, um, obviously of high school age, you know, she still lives at home with her dad and she's on her computer just hanging out, just <laughs> living her life on the computer, Typing out things. I don't know. It was a very weird scene for me. I was like, "What? What is this?" But to just get the point across, she can basically type like you talk on a phone. I, I, I don't know. I know that sounds confusing. Probably a detail I should leave out. Anyways, she's on her computer, and her boyfriend climbs through a window. I know. We used to think it's romantic. Now it's creepy, and it's creepy then too. So he's um you know, he comes in a room and he's all like, you know, I was watching The Exorcist and it got me thinking about you. And she's like, okay, creepy. And he's like, you know, we've been dating for a long time now and whatever high school months that is, is, you know, equates to like five years. And he's like, we started off hot and heavy, you know, and now, well, we just do over the clothes stuff. Like he literally says that. He was like, I was coming over thinking we'd do some over the clothes stuff. <laughs> Creepy. And he's like, you know, we haven't been intimate since. And then there's like this dot, dot, dot. And basically we get the, the uh, idea something bad has happened. And that's why she doesn't want to be intimate with um, her boyfriend, whose name is Billy, by the way. Yes, Billy. And, um, you know, that just kind of ends with her being like, well, uh, I don't want to have sex with you, but here's my boobs. And he's like, okay, great. And climbs out of the window <laughs> I, Like okay, and so now we're at school next day, you know, that was the night and now we're at school the next day. And guess what? One of their classmates was gutted. Actually two of their classmates two of their classmates was gutted. Um, so uh, the police are at the high school Um, we get introduced to her friend, um, we get introduced to her friend Tatum, and Tatum, played by, uh, Miss Rose McGowan, you can already tell she's the quote-unquote tramp, she's set up to be the blonde bimbo more blonde than Drew Barrymore bigger boobs than Drew Barrymore so if you know anything about horror movies and if you don't I'm about to tell it to you real quick if you're blonde and you got big boobies you're not gonna make it you just you're not gonna make it I'm sorry I'm so sorry so we're at school she's in her classroom and they're like asking all the students questions because they gotta know like hey uh the, the, your classmates got killed and we just need to know if you know anything about it because that's how <laughs> that's how police investigations work apparently so they call in um sydney she goes in there and they're like um well I, I let me slow down a little bit they want to call her in there and they're like well let's remember to be a little hush hush because guess what it's getting close to that time and they're being like really um not clear on what that time means, but definitely a sense of, like, foreboding. Like, it's just not a a good thing surrounding Sydney Prescott, apparently. So, she finally goes in there, and they're like, um, hey, do you know anything about anything? And she's just kind of like, no, not really. And they're like, okay, bye. So, that seemed like a waste of a scene to me, honestly. Like, don't know what that whole fake questioning was, because I don't know what they thought they were going to get from high schoolers. <laughs> so, uh school's out, you know, class gets out, and you get to see the whole gaggle, the whole gang, the whole bang-up cast. And that's Mr. Matthew Lillard, and he is playing Stu. Stu is Tatum's boyfriend, and rather cute, I might add. We got uh, Billy with Sydney, and then we've got a uh, Mr. Randy. Now, these you know, uh, characters are all supposed to be, I guess, this archetype. So Stu's like this stoner kind of groovy guy. And then you got Randy, he's like the nerd. You got Billy, he's kind of like this bully and Sid's the smart girl and Tatum's the, you know, I don't want to, um, S shame, but she's supposed to be the tramp. So, uh, they're all talking and Now, I love this scene. This is a very iconic scene to me. So, they're sitting um, just outside. I don't know if they're on a fountain or something. And they're talking about it. Like, oh my god, yeah, I heard she was gutted and hanging from a tree. And Randy is like, uh, you know, he's really playing into it. You can tell that Randy has an affinity for horror movies because he makes a couple remarks about it. And one of them, I can't remember who, is like, Um, I heard they found her liver in the mailbox and, um, so they make this really funny joke like liver alone and I feel like you had, you just got to be there. So if you guys can... Go watch the movie because you just have to live for the scene of the liver alone part. All right, so it's after school. It's after the kids hanging out, and uh, I guess they all go home because Sydney is home. And we do find out she is actually home alone. Uh, her dad is on a trip, he's on a work trip, so she is, in fact, home alone. And she's uh, flipping through the news channels, and you see this um, headline kind of come across of like, um, One year ago today, mom was raped and murdered. Is the uh, gutting of the two students related to this? And then you realize, oh, it's her mom. Yeah, so the big, you know, secret that everybody was tiptoeing around was that her mom was raped and murdered, apparently brutally murdered. So everyone's like, oh, well, maybe we should make the connection of the two gutted kids to her mom. Because that makes sense. And she's, you know, poor Sydney. She's sitting at home alone. And she just sees this picture of her mom come across. And is like, brutally raped and murdered. And she's like, great. i got to relive this again. So, uh, she gets a call. You know, while she's flipping through the news. And you hear that creepy voice. And he's all like, are you home alone? What's your favorite scary movie? That seems to be like the trend the quote for this movie is what's your favorite scary movie in a creepy voice so she thinks it's randy she thinks it's a joke or a prank and i mean nobody knows about the whole phone call thing yet and she thinks it's a prank she's like oh come on randy and he's like um i'm not randy and then you get that suspense like oh and she's like yeah right okay And the killer taunts her and he's like, oh, well then come outside. I'm on your front porch. She calls his bluff. She goes out there. She's like, yeah, right. You're not here. Starts picking her nose. Like, what am I doing? You know, playing a joke. And she gets, I guess, irritated, gets off the phone and then boom, killer comes out. Yup, He was in the house and he's chasing her. And there's this big, like, um, scuffle. I'm going to probably use that word a lot. Scuffle. And they're scuffling around and she's like, ah, you know, and running around her house. She runs upstairs, locks herself in and lo and behold, that whole computer typing, using it as a phone thing comes in handy because she types to 911 and you know, people get there, cops get there, whatever. Oh, I sped up too fast. Sorry. Uh, she types 911 and then you know the killer's trying to get in her room and then something happens, like some big whatever, I don't know, like a like a drop or you, you just hear a sound and then killer's gone and it's Billy at her window again. What is up with this kid in her window? So Anyways, he's climbing through the window. She's like, oh my god, my savior. Come here, Billy. I'm scared. And then he hugs her. And then, oh no, a cell phone falls out of his pocket. (gasps) Suspicious. So she's all like, oh, you're the killer. And then she runs out the door. And then the cops are there. Because they always show up at the most convenient times. So that's where I I got a little ahead of myself. The cops uh, show up after Billy. And she's freaking out. Because, you know... Well, if he has a cell phone, obviously that means he's the one that called me. Cause you can't just like have a cell phone and not be a killer because you, the killer called. So obviously he is the killer cause he's got a phone and phone to call. And, okay. You get where I'm going with this. Uh, so she's like, Oh my God, I think it's him. So the police arrest him and then everybody gets to go to the police uh, department They get to go to um, the police department to get more questions asked. And it really just never amounts to anything. Every time the police are involved, it amounts to nothing. Like, they barely do anything this whole movie. They, like, slide by with these little things. Like, um, all right, well, the killer is wearing a costume. Which I probably should have told you guys a lot longer ago. Yes, the killer... We're going to call him Ghostface because that's his name and that is his iconic um, costume and he's Ghostface. And so they're like, well, we saw this costume at Sydney's house, so we're going to check every place that sells this costume. And I hate to tell you this, guys, but costumes are sold in a lot of places. So sorry for my tangent about the police department, but they just really don't do anything beneficial for this movie. Uh, or for their lives, I mean, you know, whatever. So, uh, they're at the police department, she's getting questioned, and Billy's over there, like, pouting, like, literally pouting, he's butthurt about it, and she's just, you know, so <laughs> distraught, and, oh my god, my boyfriend tried to kill me, and then he came in my window and hugged me, because that's how that happens. Um, so... We cut to, um, Mr. David Arquette. He is a deputy and he is kind of portrayed as like this goofy, dopey kind of guy. We learn that Tatum is his sister and she shows up at the police department and she's like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get sit out of here. She's going to come stay with us because obviously she doesn't need to be home by herself. Don't know why you would leave your high schooler alone by themselves for a whole weekend, but <laughs> I'm not going to parent shame. So Tatum's like, Dewey, we're gonna, you know, leave now. And he's like, oh my god, okay, well, you guys should go around back because there's this whole news brigade outside. And what you're gonna see is with the news brigade, I don't know what other word to use, is there is a Miss Gail Weathers. Yes, her name in this damn movie is Gail Weathers. And she is a, um news reporter, played by uh, Courtney Cox. So, what we get from Ms. Courtney Cox is a performance as Gail Weathers, who is hated by everyone, I guess. Uh, she's kind of annoying. She shows up everywhere, putting her nose in everything, and we are about to find out why we hate her. So... Tatum and Sydney go around back. And Miss Gail Weathers is a very sneaky bitch and she knew that there was an around back. So boop, she pops in, like, you know, filming, trying to get the scoop on Miss Sydney. And she's like filming her, which is really rude, and Sid's like, oh, you know what? Actually, I've been meaning to talk to you. And she's like, hey Gail, how's the book? Oh, we learned that there's a book. And she's like, Oh, it's good. Uh I'll send you a copy. And at that point, Sid decks her in the nose. And it's <laughs> Chef's kiss. Decks her in the nose. And basically what we find out is Gail Weathers wrote a book about Sydney's mom and did not portray her mom very well. And you're gonna learn why. Don't worry, I'll get to it. So Sydney decks Gail in the face. It was beautiful. Uh Tatum and Dewey and Sid all go to uh Dewey and Tatum's house and they're sitting there and it's just so funny they're like so it's so I like (laughs) I get it like I I remember being a high school girl and just like reminiscing on things and be like oh my god that was so cool what you did and you know Tatum's sitting there she's like oh my god Sid there you were like I'll send you a copy bam Sid super bitch and, like talking about like how she punched her in the face and I just thought that was great well what interrupts this wonderful moment and I thought this was a really dumb scene is Tatum's mom comes in and is like Sid someone's on the phone for you and she's like is it my dad and Tatum's mom's like mm, don't think so and nobody like questions that. Nobody was like, maybe we should screen calls for Sid, considering she just got a phone call tonight, and literally about got killed. Maybe we should screen the phone calls? Nah, they just told her, hey, go pick up the phone for somebody that's not your dad, and we don't know who it is. So she does, and guess what? The killer's like, ha ha ha, it's me, the killer. And she's like, ah, you know, freaks her out. But what we find is that this was maybe to throw her off, because you're like, oh, well, it can't be Billy, because Billy's in jail right now, getting questioned, and she just got called? Mm, mm, okay, maybe not, maybe we don't know who the killer is, okay, moving on, so, um, Okay so uh, next morning they wake up and you kind of they start to uh, question if this killer is actually the same killer that killed Sydney's mom. okay which you kind of get this like feeling of like ooh don't question that because it's this guy Cotton Weary and you know enter his character now we got Cotton Weary, the supposed killer of uh, Sydney's mom. And Sydney's like, nah, nah, her, her killer's in jail because, you know, he did it. And you're starting to get this suspicion of like, <clears throat> but did he, but did he, I don't know. He's in jail for it. Um, I do have to say that the music in this movie is absolutely just superb. I mean, we've got, you know, red right hand playing to like really just insinuate this like dark and mysterious uh setting i guess i don't know but the music and it's great so they're off to school again which made no sense to me i don't know how you're gonna go to school the next day after you were almost just stabbed to death like you were just chased how traumatizing and she's back at school the next day the next day she's back at school it just uh mind-blowing so um for whatever reason they show <laughs> she is at school and guess who got out of jail that'd be billy um and he sees her and is kind of like hey can we talk because um i'm butthurt that you thought it was me and she's like yeah well i guess you know maybe it wasn't you i don't know and, um, that was a weird, like, stupid, um, like, interchange of, like, well, it wasn't me, but I'm butthurt over it, and she's like, okay, and, like, goes to the bathroom, because she's under a lot of stress, and she shouldn't be at school anyway, so she goes to the bathroom, there's these girls in there, and they are mad talking shit about her, like, oh my god, I do not miss high school, girls are mean, and they're in there, like, oh, she faked it. She just wants attention. And, you know, Sid's in there, and she hears all of it, and it's really fucked up, and it's sad. Anyways, the girls leave, and Sid's like, oh my god, like, that's sad. They're they're making fun of me, and they think I'm a faker, and they don't even care that my mom died. And as she's kind of doing that, uh, look in the mirror of, wow, my life's shitty, you hear this voice literally whispering, Sid, Sydney, and you're like is somebody really whispering her name really that's how we do this now and you see her kind of like oh what what was that and then you know they do it like a couple more times just to make sure that you get the hint so she's in a bathroom and i know we've all done this before but like that whole look on the ground see if you see any feet well she didn't see any feet for you know a few seconds and then we oh man this part drops down boom boom one black boot, the other black boot, and then you see this, like, draping of the, um, of the costume, because the costume's, like, this tunic, I don't know what you'd call it, but it's a full-on dress, my dudes, full-on dress, and he, like, drops it down, and you see this, like, look of her, like, oh, shit, like, there's a guy in the bathroom, or girl, I mean, I guess we don't really know yet, um, so, Ghostface is in the bathroom, and boy, the duck that she makes to get out of that bathroom, it was very, very good um, choreography, I I will add. You know, he goes for her, and she just ducks right under him, shoots out the bathroom. Boom, bam! She's gone. Um, I saw so, after after that scene, you've got um, Dewey outside of the school, I guess, kind of, like, patrolling, making sure, you know, everything's good, and for some reason, Gail Weathers is there. That bitch is fucking everywhere. She just keeps popping up, and, you know, oh, you yeah. see them kind of having this flirtatious uh, exchange, but basically, she's just kind of, like, trying to manipulate him into, like, giving her information, because she wants the inside scoop before anyone else, and he thinks she's hot, so why not? she plays into it. And he's, you know, telling her if they have leads or what they're checking into. And Gail's just annoying right now. Um, basically after realizing that, uh, Sid got attacked, two students got gutted. The school finally makes the, um, finally makes the proper decision that class is suspended for a while. And all the kids are like, eh, school's out. and so the gaggle of kids, the gang, they get together and they're like, um, we should have a party because what better thing to do when there is a serial killer around than to party. Stu offers his parents are out of town. Apparently everybody's parents are out of town right now. And Stu's like, we'll have a party and, you know, Sid's kind of like, I've almost been killed, it's like literally getting close to the time where my mom got butchered to death, but, you know, Tatum, she like talks her into it, and, um, you, uh, you get the vibe that, um, Stu and Tatum, they just, they, they like to party, and they like, I guess, being the center of attention, whatever. Okay, so after, you know, stu says party at his house we get this uh scene with the uh with the janitor while with the uh principal principal uh hembry played by um is it henry winkler i think yeah henry winkler and he is the principal obviously i just said that principal Hembry. he is in his office by himself and he is very annoyed by the whole situation, because students are, like, playing pranks and stuff, they're, like, running through the halls with the mask on the costume, and is kind of like, okay, that's insensitive, because two of your classmates literally just got gutted, which I, you know, I agree with, um, but Principal Hembree is in his office, and he hears, like, this knocking, and he goes out there, sees nothing, I know, it's just, like, such a they, they did this on purpose. Like, they did the cheesy gimmicks in this movie on purpose. It's meant to be satirical. It's meant to pay, like, this sentiment towards the gimmicky scares, you know, whatever. And, you know, knocks again. And this is a really, really fun part. He goes out there and he's, and he, you know, he's annoyed because it's like, somebody keeps knocking on his door and, like, leaving. And... He goes out there one more time and he's like, You little shits. And you like see this janitor and he's like, huh, you talking to me? And he's like, No, Fred, not you. And Fred the janitor is literally wearing a green and red Christmas sweater with the brown Freddy Krueger hat. And I just I thought that was really funny. Like that that was a nice little, like, I don't know what that was, but it was a nice one of those in there. And you know he, he comes in. You know he's annoyed. He shuts the door. And guess what's behind the door? Yup, Ghostface. And guess what? Stab, stab. Really love the part where you get to see the reflection of Ghostface in his pupils. That was that was brilliant. Good job on you guys. And stab, stab. Everyone's getting stab, stab. And it's sad because Principal Henry's played by you know Henry Winkler, and we love Henry Winkler. So it's just really sad to see him go. Okay, so now that that you know brutality is over we skip to Miss uh, Sydney and Tatum having a conversation you know they're just like there listening to music and chit chatting about everything that's going on and Tatum makes a couple of <clears throat> kind of not insensitive I'm not going to say insensitive because she was just trying to be a good friend and she was like talking about her mom and, and stuff like that and she she's like you know maybe your mom did do some of the things people were saying she did because, you know, people were saying she was sleeping around. And so it's like, oh my God, Tatum, like, how could you say that? Like, my mom was an angel. And she's like, well, you know, you can only hear rumors so many times before you're like, oh, maybe it's true. And so it's like, oh my God, maybe. And then basically um, Tatum's like, maybe it wasn't Cotton Weary, or are you sure it was? And Sydney's like, well, you know, (laughs) yeah, I'm totally not doubting myself at all right now. Because she totally is. She's totally doubting herself right now. And basically that scene was, I think, just a very small way to say, we don't know that it's Cotton Weary, because there's still a killer on the loose. And, um... Apparently her mom wasn't the angel that Sydney thought her to be. So it makes her question herself a little bit. Got a little self-doubt in the protagonist. And that's what makes movies good. And moving on, they're done talking. And they're like, alright, we gotta go to the store to get snacks for the party. And this dumb, dumb, I don't even, it's not a scene, I don't know. You just see this, like, brief image of Ghostface in the woods by her house, and it's just like, okay, because that makes sense, like, it just, I don't know, it seemed like one of those, um, cheesy, homemade alien encounters bits where you just see, like, panning, 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 ooh, what's that? Panning, panning, and I don't know, just seemed kind of dumb to me, but funny nonetheless. So, um, Now we're in um, the movie store. So now we're getting like some other, other um, depictions of the gang. We've got Randy and Stu. Randy works at the movie rental store. And I gotta say, I wish, I wish with all my heart that movie rental stores were still around because they made my heart so happy and there's just nothing like going to a movie rental store like the smell of it do you guys remember the smell of a movie store but going there and picking out a movie and getting candy and just it was an experience and you had to be there i'll just end it with that i'll stop reminiscing so randy has my dream job working at the movie rental store and Stu's in there like, oh my god, who do you think it is? And Randy's like, oh, well, I have all these theories because I'm like the horror genius, you know? And Stu's like, oh, okay, okay, alright. And he's like, yeah, dude, I think it's, uh, Billy. It has to be Billy. And Stu's like, what do you mean it's Billy? Why would he want to kill his girlfriend? And Randy blurts out, and I think it's so funny, he's like, there- <laughs> there's always some stupid reason to kill your girlfriend. <laughs> okay, and, um, he, uh, really goes off on it, like, this tangent of, like, he yells in the store, there's a formula to it, a very simple formula, everyone's a suspect, and then Billy pops up behind him, like, ah! you know, I'm here, and I'm the bully, and Randy's like, oh my god, I was just kidding, it's not you, it's, it's, it's probably me, I would be a great suspect, you know, I'm creepy and weird and dorky, (laughs) okay, and we just see this, like, always really creepy, stupid side of Billy, of, I'm creepy, but I'm not, I don't know, um, so we get the essence that the town is on lockdown, uh, there's a curfew, there's a town curfew implemented and you just get all these people like closing up shops early, whatever. And um, we, uh, we get this uh, next wonderful little bit of Tatum and Sid in the store getting their getting their snacks, which is so boring. I don't know why we needed to see them getting the snacks. It's like just to show. The only thing that came of it was to show Ghostface in the glass when they shut, like, the freezer door. You know, like, the freezer doors, like, you go and get, like, frozen stuff out of. And they shut the door, and boom, there he is. And how does that make sense, okay? If there's a serial killer on the loose, and they give the depiction of he's uh, wearing a Ghostface mask and black shroud dress thing... Why, in God's name, would the killer be in a grocery store of all places to just, boop, pop up again in a scene, just like a boop, popped up in the woods, randomly? I just, oh, I mean, I get it. Like, they're trying to show, okay, the killer's following her, and how does he know where she is? And I'm just like, okay, but the grocery store in the in, in broad daylight? really I don't know it okay you know I digress um we then are um uh brought to the party Uh, I mean it's like um daytime and they're um at the grocery store (laughs) and then we jump to a party I, it's nighttime and it's party time, I guess, and what's really cool about this scene is the um, the song transition of, you know, uh, say a prayer for the youth of America, and it just really does give you that, like, it gives you that vibe, like, yeah, it's party time, baby. It's uh, whatever night, and there's no school, and there's a killer on the loose, and that makes it party time. Might I add, there was a small tidbit that I skipped over uh, with Dewey and another police officer, I guess the sheriff, whatever, and they're talking and they're like, oh my god, do you know what this means? You know what time of year it is? Yeah, the one year anniversary that Sydney's mom was killed. So it makes it all the more creepy. And then I think this is like the one time that we get the, oh, Maybe we should get a hold of Sydney's dad. Like maybe we should tell a parental figure that their kid was almost killed and there's a serial killer on the loose in their hometown. You'd think that the dad would want to know that. So now they bring up dad. They're like, "Oh, well, um we we can't get a hold of Sydney's dad." And you know, it's the one year anniversary of um uh Sydney's mom and that might mean that the dad's involved. So, um, you know, we'll look into that. <laughs> Back to party time. So, um the uh the kids show up to Stu's house. I mean, and it's packed full of of kids. Like it's this is what I've always hated about movies that depict um high school parties. Not once in my life did I ever go to a high school party like how every movie shows. There's like tons of beer, everyone looks 30, there's music playing and everyone's standing around jiving. Not once. Not once. Nor was it ever a house like packed full of kids. Like we didn't all like each other like that, so um, yeah, don't know about that. Uh so Sid and Tatum. All right, Stu's house, and Randy's there. <laughs> Billy's not there yet, cause you know there's still this like weird air about um, Sydney thinking Billy was the one that was chasing her with a knife. You know, big whoop. Uh, strangely enough, guess who shows up at uh, this party for high school kids? Gail Weathers yeah that bitch is fucking everywhere dude she shows up and you know Dewey's there cause his sister and Sid are there so he's just gonna kinda keep a watch on the place and Gail's like oh my god hey Dewey uh you're cute and he's like oh my god yes I love you um do you wanna go in the house where the party is where the high school kids are and she's like uh yeah that'd be totally smart because I can put a camera in there Yep. That's what she does. She gets a small little minicam to, like, hide in the house. I don't know. I guess she was, like, really hoping some shit went down. So, uh, she grabs a camera and walks in with, uh, Dewey. And then, while that's happening, we see Stu ask Tatum to grab him a beer. I know. <laughs> so sweet. And she's like, okay. So she goes into the garage, and, um, you know, she's walking to the fridge to grab some beers, and she's very smart. She opens the, um, the garage door, and I just thought that was very smart on her part, because she was like, oh, if I need to get out of here, um, I'm gonna make it easy to do so. So, uh, you, you get this small little jump scare as she's, um, walking up or down to get the beers, I don't know, she's in the garage, and she goes to get the beers, and then you get, like, this cat, you know, cats are great for jump scares, I just gotta say, you know, they really utilize that well, um, for this scene, and, you know, they use the jump scare of the cat, and then you're like, oh, oh, it was just a fake, but then this is where they get you, so she goes to, um, Leave and Ghostface is there in the doorway, and she's like, "Oh my God, so funny, haha!" Like everybody thinks it's a joke, and everybody thinks it's Randy. Why does everybody think it's Randy? because he's a dork? Like that's profiling. Um, so she's like, (laughs) got these beers in her hand, and it's so funny that they painted this blonde bimbo so perfectly because holy nipples. She's standing there with the beers in her hand, holy nipples, and the ghost face isn't talking because what's more creepy than something not talking to you? And she's kind of playing this taunting game with him, like, oh, you want to play, um, killer and victim and something to that effect. And he's like, you know, shaking his head, like, uh uh-huh. She's like, no, Mr. Ghostface, I want to be in the sequel and he grabs her arm, and cuts it, and then she's like, oh shit, this is real, so she, like, drops the beers, runs, you know, to run out the garage, he shuts it, and, well, wait, hold on, I'm trying to remember, like, exactly how this choreography went down, I don't know, either way, she, there's a scuffle, yep, we got another one of those, we got a scuffle, and she's, like, throwing these beers at him, I'm like, hell yeah, girl, like, this blonde Bimbo did not come to play. She was like, I'm gonna fuck you up at least. Plus, he cut her arm. That was really rude. So she's throwing beers. She goes to run out the um the garage door. Because I'm guessing like the door to the house is locked. So she like can't get in that way. And so she like ducks under him. Another good duck. Gotta say. Good job, guys, on that choreography. She ducks under him, goes to go out of the garage door, and he, um, shuts it, like, he's, like, closing the door, and what's really funny is garage doors, man, if there's anything in the slightest, like, up underneath them, they don't shut, they, they open right back up, but not this one, not in scary movies, they just close, so she's like, oh my god, I'll go through the doggy door, (laughs) bruh, you are not going to fit them big old jugs for that doggy door so she's like crawling out the doggy door and then he gets the bright idea to open the garage door again well, like she's stuck in the middle of the doggy door because it's tiny so she's stuck and the garage door starts going up which by the way don't think garage doors can hold a human body weight you know maybe correct me if i'm wrong correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that a garage door can hold a human body. So she's getting like up and up and up and up and then gets absolutely crushed. Yeah. Fucking gory, brutal. She's crushed up into the garage door, hanging out the docky door. And then he's just kind of like, aha, look at my wonderful work. Now I'm going to sneaky, sneaky back into the house. But the door opens for him. I don't know. I don't know. Dude's magic, I guess. It's locked for her. It unlocks for him. Either way, Tatum's dead, and you know we've knocked another tally off the list. And then he goes inside. Cut to everyone leaving, or not everyone. I guess just a couple of kids are like leaving. I guess um, Sid is walking out the door, like maybe to look for Tatum or something like that. And Stu's talking to her so you see Stu with Sid, and you're like, oh, okay, you know, whatever, um, we really should find out who the killer is, and for some stupid reason, as she's walking out the door, Billy, like, runs around the, like, runs around the house, and, like, jumps in front of the door, and goes, like, ah! And I I just, I don't get that. I didn't get that. I don't know. I, I I get that it was, like, for a jump scare, but who does that? Who runs around the house and goes, Ah! and I don't know, it was just really stupid, um, so anyway, he's at the party now, and, um, remember that video camera that Gail put in the, uh, the party? Yeah, well, it's hooked up now, and she's back at the van, and her, and her man's, um, well, it's not like her man's, but her cameraman, Kenny, yes, oh, sweet, sweet Kenny, um, there, they're in the van, and they realize that there's like a few second lag on the camera. Like, it's set up, it's working, but there's a lag on it. And that's gonna maybe come into play later, kind of. So, anyway, Billy's there, and you kind of get this weird little, um, tension, and Stu's like, you guys should go up to my parents' room. And Billy's like, Wow, Stu, that's not very subtle. And Sid's like, no, he's right. We should go to the room. And you know what's going to happen. I mean, <laughs> go into a room alone. Come on. So they go up to the room. And they do, they're they doing their own little private thing. You know, like they just go up to the room. And then we get to see the awesome scene that I absolutely loved of Randy and a bunch of uh, high school kids watching some classics. They're watching some horror movies. They've got on Halloween with, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, and, um, you know, they're getting really into it, uh, well, Randy is, Randy is, like, the horror guru, like, Randy would be my soulmate in this life, like, absolutely my soulmate, he's so into horror movies, knows all the, you know, iconic things about them, and the rules, yes, the rules, (laughs) while they're sitting there watching these horror movies, then they're drinking, and having a good time, um, uh, he, um, comes up with these rules. He's like, uh, you don't know the rules? Like, what do you mean you don't know the rules about horror movies? So, don't worry. I'm gonna give you the rules. So, now that you know them, you know, you'll be safe. So, the rules in a horror movie. Number one. Never have sex. It's a big no-no. Like, only virgins get out alive because they're, like, their virgin brain is smarter than the killer's brain. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um purity culture and such. Uh, rule number two, no drinking, no doing drugs. It's, it's a sin culture. Like, just don't do it. If you drink or do drugs, you're gonna die. And I feel like they should have made like a, a, like fourth rule of don't be blonde and don't have big boobs. But rule number three is never under any circumstances say I'll be right back. And, um, you know, Matthew Lillard, Stu, sorry, Stu, is like, oh, I'm gonna go to the kitchen, grab a beer, I'll be right back. Oh, And he's, you know, making fun of him. Alright, now we're back with Gail and, um, Kenny. And, uh, Dewey shows up to the van and he's like, hey, we just got a hit from a sheriff. He's saying that there's an abandoned car that we need to go look at. It might be Sydney's dad's car and... Uh, do you wanna come with me, Gail? And Gail's like, uh, yeah. And it's so funny because guess what she says? She goes to Ken, she goes, I'll be right back. Yep. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. So now we got Dale, Dale, wow, Gail and Dewey on their little um their little adventure, their little uh, Fred and Daphne thing exploring. And then um we're back with the high school kids and Randy and they're watching uh Halloween, and it's funny because it's like going scene for scene with what Sid and Billy are doing, which is, um uh, bumping the uglies. <laughs> Sid and Billy are up in Stu's parents' room. I know, like, super cringy, and they're up there like getting it on. I mean, it like there's a almost like, or there is like a boob shot in scream, and then it goes to her like taking off her shirt and like so you get the idea. Like you're getting the idea. Um, so we get the, um, the idea that they're basically breaking rule number one. (laughs) Okay, so it's like bouncing back and forth between, you know, Randy and the kids watching, I say kids, Randy and the high schoolers watching, uh, the movie and then Sid and Billy, you know, doing their thing. And, uh, during it, uh, the students get a phone call and it's, um, somebody saying that Principal Hembry was found, uh, hanging from the goalposts. This dude really likes hanging people. Gutted. Yep. Yep. Gutted. Every, that's his, this is his, um, this is his MO, man. Like just gut them and hang them like deer, I guess. And so all the kids are like, oh my God, we gotta go see him before the police take him down. <laughs> so every, um, high schooler that was watching the movie with randy they leave and they're like hauling ass to like go see this dead gutted body um cut to um gail and dewey they're walking around and flirting and talking kids come running are like driving fast down the road and almost get hit so they jump over in the bushes lo and behold there's the car guess who's like who the car belongs to sydney's dad yep a lot of cool little clues out there for you now right after that we get this awkward getting dressed scene because you know it's always like super awkward after you do the dirty and then you got to put your clothes on I don't know why but it is so she's um Sydney's getting dressed and she looks at Billy and she's like hey who did you call when you were in jail because remember Sydney got a phone call the night that she was attacked the night that Billy got put in jail and she still got a phone call so she's like Kind of trying to be like, okay, maybe, maybe he called me. Maybe he is the killer still. Even though she just had sex with him, like, what were, you, girl, girl, what were you thinking? If you had even the slightest inkling that that man tried to kill you, and you just, Mm, okay. So he's like, I called my dad, and she's like, um, no, the the cop called your dad, and he's like, yeah. Well, when I called, I didn't get an answer, and she's like, oh, okay. And he's all, you still think I'm the killer, don't you? Like, totally gaslighting her. Because she's crazy to think that he, creepy-ass Billy, could ever be a killer. He's all like, what do I gotta do to prove to you that I'm not a killer? I mean, gaslighting the fuck out of her. And she's like, okay, like, I guess you're right. Oh my god, Billy! Something's behind you! And it's the killer. Yep, Ghostface. I keep saying the killer. Okay, it's Ghostface. Ghostface is behind Billy and... Oh uh, Yep, step, step. And, um, <laughs> Sid is just running her ass off, boy. She's like, here we go, running again. Like, ran around my house, and I'm gonna run around this fucking house. And what you'll come to find in horror movies is that rich white people always have a house like a fucking maze. I swear, it is always like a maze, there's like this room, that room, that hallway, this hallway, then that hallway crosses over there, and then you got this room, but then the killer can also get in there, even though that you think you're safe in there, because there's that one door, and one exit, Uh uh-uh, there's probably another door and exit behind you, and that's the one he's coming in, so she's running around, she finally is like, oh my god, I'll just go through the window, because I can't like, go downstairs, because remember they went, or maybe I didn't tell you, but they went upstairs to, uh, bump uglies, and so she's like, well, can't go downstairs to run out the door. So she's like, I'll just go out the fucking window. So there she goes out the window, hanging off the edge. And guess who is going to be out there while she's hanging off the window edge? That's right. Ghost phase. And he's like, ah, and she falls off the damn roof. But no worries, because guess what rich white people also have? Boats. Yep. She fell on a boat. So good for her. She like falls off the boat. Like it's wrapped or whatever, so she falls off the boat, hits the ground, looks up, and oh my god, it's Tatum! Yep, she's hanging, dangling from the garage door, still in the uh, doggy door, and I mean, it's she's all crunched up and shit. And meanwhile, Randy is watching Halloween, and he's sitting there like, turn around, turn around. And what we are saying is uh, also to Randy, turn around because Ghostface is right behind Randy. Yes, he is. And you're like, oh my God, here we go. Now Randy's going to get killed. But uh, not quite because then it cuts away from him. And um, you see that Kenny, the cameraman is watching the footage from the you know the live camera so remember when i said that there was a lag okay well just just keep that in your in your noggin because it's it's gonna come in handy later so anyways um uh kenny is in the van he's watching the footage and he's like oh my god kid turn around turn around because he can see that ghost face is behind him and we see um sydney run up, and she's just like, oh my god, you know, like, she's been being chased by, um, by Ghostface, and she's just running around frantically. So, when she, um, gets to the van, Kenny's like, uh, oh my god, I gotta go in and tell this kid to watch out. Like, you know, he's about to get killed. So Kenny just, like, jumps out of the van really quick. Sid's getting in the van because she's like, holy shit, like I wanna get, you know, away from the killer. And as soon as Kenny gets out of the van. Poor sweet Kenny. Yep, you guessed it. Step, step! Boom! He's dead. Now Kenny's dead. And Sid locks herself in the van or at least tries to. Um, it's, I guess, kind of. Not as easy to lock yourself in a van as you would think because the killer, you know, he gets in. Oh, she didn't shut the door in time. That's what it was. Yeah, she she couldn't, like, shut the door in time because, I mean, the killer's at the van door. He literally just stabbed Kenny. So she's, like... <laughs> this is crazy that there's, like, this small little door in the back of the van, like a tiny little... It kind of looks like a doggy door, you know? Um, So she's crawling out of that. And here we go. She's on the run again, and, um, as she's running, we get another cut to, um, Dewey and Gale. They are actually back at the house. So, when, uh, I keep wanting to call her Dale, but when Gale and Dewey get back, they realize, like, something's wrong, like, the house is open, and, you know, they just really get that foreboding kind of feeling, I guess, and, um, Gail, like, locks herself in the van. She's like, oh, shit. Like, I'm getting the hell out of here. And, um, Randy comes and, like, we get, get, like, a nice little jump scare. Because he, like, jumps at our window and he's like, oh, my God, help me. And she's (laughs) scared. So, she, like, it startles her. And she just, boom, cold cocks Randy. And it's like, oh poor Randy. Like, you can tell he was scared. He's been running. He's got a little blood on him. So, I guess he almost got got. And... Uh, so Gail's like, holy shit, peel out, she, um, starts the van, is driving off, and then there's, like, blood running down the windshield, and, man, this one broke my heart, it's, it's Kenny, yeah, he slides down the windshield, and Gail's just like, um, I love you, Kenny, but get the fuck off my windshield, and so she's driving, she gets Kenny off the windshield, and as she's driving, Miss Sydney's, like, waving her arms, like, stop, And, um, you know, Gail didn't see her at first and she kind of like rips the wheel and that makes Gail, um, crash into some trees. And then Sid's kind of like, okay, well, that didn't work. So I guess I'll keep running. (laughs) Um, so she is, I guess, going to go back up to the house because Sid's just like trying to get away. She's trying to get help. Gail just crashed in the fucking woods. Kenny got stabbed to death. Um. I guess she doesn't really even know what's going on with Randy. She hasn't seen Stu. She saw Tatum, so Tatum's killed. So, Sid's, like, freaking out as she should. She runs back up to the house because she sees Dewey coming out. Dewey's, like, walking out of the front door. And he's, like, you know, kind of woozy. Like, oh, Sid. And he falls out of the house. And then um, she runs up to him to kind of help him. And she grabs his gun. And as she's going into the house um stew and randy run up to the door like oh my god help me help me and they like don't trust each other so Stu's like oh my god give get me the gun like um it's randy randy's crazy and randy's like oh my god no it's not me like it's probably Stu." and um she's just like uh i don't trust either of you so she goes in the house shuts the door locks it and crazy enough we see Billy, and he's walking on down the stairs. Well, I, I say walking. He's stumbling down the stairs. Homeboy is really putting on a good act. He is... He should have got an Oscar for this performance. So he's stumbling down the stairs. Oh, Sid. And she's like, oh my God, Billy. Oh, you're okay. Thank God. Um, uh, Stu and Randy are out there, and it's really scaring the shit out of me. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. Give me the gun. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If anybody ever asks you for the gun... They're probably not a good guy. Like, just don't give it to him. Just don't. So, she gives him the gun. And, um, she's like, okay, weird, like, whatever. And he opens the door, and she's like, no, 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 like, the killer's out there. Because it's either Stu or Randy, or so she thinks. And he opens the door, and then, pop, ah, Shoots Randy, and then Stu comes in, and you're just like, what? and then you can pretty much figure it out at that point. You're like, oh well, um, Billy's bad and then Billy pulls Stu in and then you learn, yep, they're in cahoots together there are in fact two killers yep, two and it's Billy and Stu and then you get this, you know, typical scene of them explaining their master plan and why they're doing it and um billy and Stu got uh sydney in the kitchen you know with the gun on her and they're like so basically we framed your dad um he's right here here he is he was in the closet and they pull him out of like this closet or whatever and he's like taped up you know duct tape on the mouth he's all bound up beat up and they're like yeah we um this was a thing, they cloned his phone, so that's a thing, and they were making the phones, the phone calls from his cell phone, they cloned it to really put, you know, the frame in there, and then they have this master plan, they're like, okay, so basically, um, Billy and I, or, you know, however you want to say that, like, Stu and Billy, uh, they're gonna stab each other, so that it looks like they were also harmed but they're gonna make it you know like they're gonna make it but they're gonna stab themselves or stab each other really to make it really look real and they're gonna shoot sydney and then make it look like um her dad killed himself and they're like and it's so perfect because guess what today is the anniversary of your mom's death yep we thought this all through isn't it cute we packed it up wrapped it up cute and now it's in a little package Boop. and Sid's like Wow, you guys have seen way too many fucking movies. Um, so as they're delving, as they're you know delving into their master plan, they're also like, by the way, um, Billy killed your mom. Yeah, and we do find out that um, unfortunately Sydney's mom was a little bit of a hussy, and she was sleeping with Billy's dad, and it made Billy's mom leave Billy's dad and so he's all butthurt about that you know he could have just went to therapy but no he killed her mom instead and then framed Cotton Weary for it mm-hmm. so if you need a little catch up Billy killed Sydney's mom because Sydney's mom was sleeping with Billy's dad I know it's a little confusing but you guys are smart I'm sure you got it Um, so now we're to the the part where Billy and Stu are stabbing each other yep they're fucking crazy and I guess Stu gets a little too deep on Billy and it kind of pisses him off. So he just really goes in for Stu. I mean, he just really like stabs the shit out of him. And he's like, whoa, okay, man, that's enough. And now I guess they're done stabbing each other. And they're like, okay, Sid, we're going to kill you now. And um, Billy's like, all right, Stu, get the gun. Because Stu set the gun down at some point, I guess when he was... <laughs> Going over the master plan of what they were going to do with her dad. So he's like, um, the gun's gone. And then we get this wonderful presence from Gail Weathers. Yeah, the first time she's actually wanted somewhere. And she's like, I got the gun, motherfucker. And Billy, um, you know, he's walking over to her and he's like, oh, well, you know, but being all creepy and I know that you're not going to shoot me. And she pulls the trigger, but. Uh, little gun uh, information for you guys uh, there's things on them called safeties and she forgot to pull it so it went click so he like knocks her out like pushes her out the door she falls on top of Dewey looks so like oh no and he goes to shoot uh, Gail and in this scuffle of him you know talking to Gail and punching her in the face or whatever he did um, Stu's like uh, hey man sydney has gone <laughs> Yeah, so these guys are really stupid Um, because nobody was watching Sid, I guess, and she gets free and she hides and it's funny because she calls and you know, Billy picks up and he's like, where are you, bitch? He likes to call everybody a bitch. He's like really, you know, misogynistic and she's like, um, oh, I just called the fucking cops on you guys and you guys are like, your ass is crass and Billy's pissed so he's like going around the house, like searching for her, you know, a little bit and then he hands, um, Stu the phone. And it's this really funny part, you know, Stu's, he's bleeding out, dude. He's, he really got fucked up by, by Billy. And Stu's like, did you really call the police? And she's like, oh, you bet your pansy ass I did. And he's like, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. And it's just like this really funny, cheesy part. I don't know. Um, So uh, while uh, Billy is looking for her, she's like, In the closet making some noise. To kind of make him come to her. And she jumps out. Fucking stabs this dude with the umbrella. And just really like gets him. And I guess you know. There's another one of those scuffles. And uh, he's down on the ground. Um, And then it turns to. Her and Billy. I'm sorry her and Stu. Having um, a nice little scuffle too. And uh, it ends with. Her dumping a TV on his head. Great. Great way to kill someone. Because, you know, back back in the 90s, our TVs were as big as boulders. So, yeah, you definitely had the fear of a TV falling on you. <laughs> and, yeah. So, Stu's gone. So, that's great. And now, um... We, uh... Come back to this, like, jump scare that Randy's alive. Because he's, like, um... I don't know, he, he just, like, jumps awake, you know, because they, they like to do that. So, anyways, we find out Randy's alive, and, um, Sid's like, oh, this is great, you know, uh, Randy, and then Gail, she comes back, and, um, Billy seems to have this, you know, second wind, I guess, and he jumps up, because he's like, I'm about to, like, kill the shit out of Sydney." He's just had enough of her bullshit. And Gail, you know, she, uh, gets the gun again, shoots Billy this time, and she makes the wonderful realization of, she remembered the safety that time. So, Randy makes this funny remark of, like, and this is the part in the movie where the killer makes, you know, his, his second little, like, scare, his last attempt at a scare, and Billy does, he, like, jumps up and does that wonderful, like, ah! And then, Gail shoots him right in the head, so, you no. Know. Billy is dead. So how great that we've got Sid's dad. You know, he's back. Um, They untie him and get him, you know, not duct taped. And it's a great ending because both killers are dead, Billy and Stu. Um, We find out that Dewey's just in a pretty, you know, rough shape because in scene... The, the police and the ambulances were there and they're, you know, pulling him out and he's on a stretcher. And then, um, we got Gail kind of reporting on it, on the, um, uh, the events of the night and we get to cut scene and just end it with a great Moby song. Yeah. You know, nineties music it's great. It's a great time. You had to be there. So just my overall thoughts on the movie. Um, you know, I, I know that it's cheesy and corny, but it's also gory and gruesome, so I 100% give it a 10 out of 10. It's not overly campy, and um, I just I love the uh, the perfect blend of like 90s cheese, the homage to the classics, the jump scares, and the just uh, unique take on horror. <laughs> Uh, it was it was kind of like a little bit different for its time, you know. They did a couple of different scares, a couple of different uh, ways of killing people, like the doggy door. I mean, you know, it's one thing to stab somebody in a movie, like okay, everybody gets stabbed in a horror movie, like that's no big deal. But to get crunched up in a doggy door, how cool? <laughs> to be gutted and tied to a football goalpost, okay, cool. Uh, I just, I really just have always loved how. This movie is a great blend of just funny and gruesome. You know, you do get to see a couple of gut scenes, which is cool. I did, in fact, um, have just another freaky fact to share with you guys. And that is, this movie was actually based, or not based on that. I shouldn't say based on. It was inspired by the real killings of the... um, the Gainesville Ripper, I think that was his name. The Gain- yeah, yeah, the Gainesville Ripper, and he um, murdered five students in Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, um, this movie was the highest grossing slasher until Halloween, the twenty eighteen Halloween. So to say it wasn't successful would be an absolute lie because this movie actually made 170 million and like i said i mean highest grossing slasher film until 2018 like that's impressive you know so uh just want to say thank you guys for hanging out with me it's been great it's been spooky uh hope you guys are having a great day today yay it's friday um let me know if you have any preferences on what other movies I should do, you can actually email me. Yes, you can email me at uh, horrorfreakcritique at gmail.com. Yeah, horrorfreakcritique at gmail.com. Send me an email and, you know, let me know what you guys think and let me know what other movies you would like for me to review. We'll see you next Friday.